Welcome to the Deep Fried Bets Podcast. Blake and Boomer are here for all of your weekly winners. Let's fatten up your wallet. All right, my friends, we're back. It's the Deep Fried Bets Podcast. It's Chapter 3.13, and it's brought to you by MyBookie.ag. It's the safest place in the business to play all the best action, live betting, everything you need. MyBookie.ag, we love them. We've been hyping them up all year. We love them. Uh, y'all go check them out. Uh, boom, welcome back, man. You ready to talk some bowl games tonight? Oh, yeah, definitely uh, definitely ready with uh... – would definitely be happy if I wasn't uh, co-hosting with Simple Jack over here on the control board. Yeah, control board, Simple Jack over here. Uh, we just recorded the first five minutes or so of this bad boy and then realized that I was uh, leaning to the opposite side of the microphone and probably can't hear a word. So just to be safe, we're going to go ahead and go. But, of course, you know, Boom can't let that slip. Simple mistake, man. People make those. Um, we're back. Yeah, uh, yeah well, not on, not on a gambling podcast. There, there are no mistakes on the No, there's not. No, this is all recorded live. Um, but well, good show tonight. We got Ed Fang of the Power Rank. He's going to join us here in a minute. Uh, Ed was on with us last year. Very insightful college football guy. We'll talk to a little college basketball with him as well. But we'll get to that here shortly. Uh, again, we're going to talk some bowl games tonight. We've got the second round, I guess you could say, of bowl games. So really, everything in the next week or so, we're hitting up. Um, it hasn't been very intriguing so far. Uh, it's actually been kind of sad and pathetic to watch these bowl games. Nobody's making any money. Uh, the favorites are winning. They're covering. Lane Kiffin's running up the train, l- running up the lane train on everyone. Uh, what was that the other night? Fifty to three. Yeah, something along those lines. But I will say that uh, you know, obviously, the first weekend of bowl season, exciting. People love doing it. People like to try to make a little bit of money. But this is the uh, week that really separates the de- degenerates from the uh, family men. It's people that really push forward through a bad first round during this next week where pretty much a bunch of meaningless games that are really hard to get reads on. And uh, it kind of wears on you. So what you're saying is uh, this is the week. From 1230 to to 1239, basically. This is what separates the boys from the men. Yeah, more or less. And this is uh, how you end up in the black at the end of the year. All right, here we go. We're, uh, We're about to make a lot of money. Speaking of making a lot of money, a uh, wonderful game on right now. Temple, FIU, uh, it's almost the end of the third quarter, and it's 7-3. to three, So, very exciting game going on right now. We'll be kind of recapping that. If anything crazy happens, it won't, um, based on the first 50 minutes or so of this game. So, um, we'll, uh, we'll keep you posted on that. But we've got, like I said, Ed Fang, the PowerRank.com stuff. We'll get to Ed here now. All right, folks, we'd like to welcome Ed Fang to the Deep Fried Bets podcast. Ed joins us uh, from his site, thepowerrank.com, uh, at thepowerrank on Twitter. Uh, he, was a, he was a guest with us last year, really good, uh, super insightful, uh, really excited about this, going to talk some college football bowl games. Um, Ed, how you doing this evening? I'm great. How you doing? Doing good. Well, once again, thanks so much for joining us. And, uh, you know, get us started. Just kind of tell us a little bit more about the Power Rank for those who uh, might not remember last year, didn't catch it, all that. Just just kind of let us know what, what's going on over at thepowerrank.com. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the Power Rank all started one day when I got inspired to uh, apply some of my academic research to sports. 
and uh, got inspired by some of Google's algorithms and, and, and the things that were, they were doing to rank websites and uh, kind of applied some of my technical abilities to apply it to sports and started ranking teams, sent an email out to my friends about some NFL rankings and, and people got interested and everything just snowballed from there. Uh, I particularly love college football because it's, uh, it's, it's something where strength of schedule is really important, right. especially during bowl season. You have a lot of teams from different conferences. You have uh, Power Five playing non-Power Five. And I think that's where my analytics really excels. Uh, I think it gives you a very good way of, of adjusting for strength of schedule. And, um, yeah, it's kind of why I love uh, this time of year. Yeah, so, yeah, I imagine with the bowl games going on, you know, everybody's trying to win their office pool and all of that. Is, is this a big time for you? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, bowl, bowl pool season is, is – Nothing compared to March Madness, but there's definitely an interest in there. Right. And I definitely think there's a lot of value into uh, getting into bowl pools. I've looked at some of the, the data into how the public picks bowl pools, and it's, it's not particularly intelligent. Um, so, um, you know, obviously that stuff had to be in last week. But, you know, uh, I, I just think it's a great time. You know, bowl pools uh, and, and just bowls in terms of spreads and totals, is, it's really an also, also good time. Um, I should mention on my site, like I do totals as well. Uh-huh. A lot of the other analytics sites don't, um, and uh, a lot of confidence in my college football totals. Gotcha. So who is, um, you know, we were kind of joking around before we got started, some of the lower-tier bowl games. Who are, who are some of the games, or what are some of the games <laughs> that you're looking forward to that are coming up in the next couple of days? Yeah, you know, I'm actually really kind of looking forward to Wyoming and, and Central Michigan, uh, almost more to laugh at the fact that Josh Allen is the – top three NFL uh, draft prospect uh, next year. I think it's, it's pretty interesting. I know he's a big guy. I know he's got a big arm, but I just, I can't get, I can't possibly draft a guy that's completed 55% of his, his passes uh, in the NFL. Uh, sorry, 55% of his passes over the last two years in college football. It's just, right. uh, you know, and their offense is literally like 128 out of 130 teams in my adjusted yards for play. Oh, wow. I know he lost a lot of talent from his team last year. I know there's a lot of extenuating circumstances. He's kind of got a bum shoulder. Um, on the other side of the uh, that of the ball, you have Central Michigan, who uh, has Shane Moore, who is a guy that was at Michigan. I live here in Ann Arbor. You know, follow the team pretty closely, and um, you know he 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 was another guy who just couldn't complete a, a short pass with any kind of consistency. So. Um, yeah, I think that'll be an interesting game. You know, my numbers have it as kind of a toss-up, and uh, we'll see who uh, we'll see who wins that game. Yeah, what do you think about the the Josh Allen? Uh, granted, I haven't watched them every game they played this year, but caught most of the Iowa game, a couple other late night games they were in, and I, I don't see it. And I keep seeing all these mock drafts, first yeah. round, top fifteen pick. I mean, am I missing something? Like you said, you kind of you, you're not seeing it either. I mean, I know he's yeah. he's huge. I'm definitely but, not seeing it. Yeah, and he supposedly had a bum shoulder that he was playing through this, this year. Um, I think there was a lot of uh, kind of Wyoming unders that uh, – well, actually, no, some overs earlier in the year that I was thinking about, but he was kind of hurt, and you never really knew the true situation. He was kind of playing through it. Um, so, you know, and he lost a lot of talent on that offense. Yeah, he did. Uh, they, had a, they, they, they put a couple guys in the NFL from the team he had two years ago. So, yeah, you know, not buying it, and um, – I don't know. I mean, maybe maybe he's the kind of perfect guy to go to the Cleveland Browns, right? Yeah, there we go. Hey, they got to hit on someone. But all right, so we've got that game coming up, 
And one of the one of the main things with with bowl games, to me at least, and obviously there's no way to quantify this or anything like that, but it's it's the willingness to be there. It's wanting to be there. You know, I'm an Alabama guy. Yep. I've seen it so many times yep. before when Alabama goes to play, you know, Utah or Oklahoma that year. Like, you can tell they, they have no interest in being there. Obviously, there's nothing to right. – there's no way to track that, but is it something that you still kind of look for when you when you are giving out these uh, the rankings? Um, you know, it, it is definitely something that I think about. Um, so my process is, like, I look at the numbers and I kind of use the numbers to find value – uh, or I use the numbers to suggest which games may have value. And right. then I go back and I, and I look at injuries and situations. And obviously one situation is, is motivation. Um, I think we saw another really crazy thing with, uh, with the Louisiana tech uh, versus SMU game. SMU just looked terrible. And I mean, I think it was a really typical example in football where, you know, was it signal or noise, right? So SMU lost uh, Chad Morris, a lot of their offensive coaches. So is that why they stunk or did, you know, uh, did the quarterback there, I can't remember his name, but did, did he just have a bad game through two pick sixes in the first half? You know, like you said, it's really tough to quantify. Um, you, you can never know, you know, whether it's the motivation or whether what happened, um, you know, an example that I really like is that uh, a couple of years ago, USC was playing Fresno state in the Las Vegas bowl and everyone swore that USC wasn't going to be motivated for that game. And uh, I don't know. I didn't, I didn't necessarily buy it. I just thought there was too much of a talent gap between those teams and, and just, you know, Fresno just couldn't be on the field with them. And, and USC ended up stomping them like they should. So, you know, it's tough. I, I definitely think it's something that you want to think about. Um, I also think it's something you don't want to put too much stock into. Okay. What about um, kind of on the same – vein right there is is coaching like if a guy you mentioned chad morris smu that was one last night they just got obliterated um is is that something you take a look at as well sometimes it it has a a positive effect and obviously a lot of times it's going to have a negative effect i mean is there any way that you can look at that historically yeah absolutely like someone uh ross bennett has taken my predictions over i think a 10-year span and and looked at coaching effects and he found no effect Uh, you know interim coaches pretty much performed at the level that you would expect um, given their numbers from the regular season. You know, again, it's not, you don't throw that out. I mean, I definitely think that's something that you think about. Um, you know, there's no, you know, I, I mean, hindsight's twenty twenty, and the fact that we can look at, you know, the SNU game yesterday with Chad Morris, um, nothing really kind of particularly sticks out in my mind. I'm actually really interested in what Central Florida does. I know Scott Frost is going to coach in that game. Are there going to be emotions there? Does that raise them? I, I really don't know. Um, but I, I definitely think that, that you should consider. Okay. So is last I heard Todd Graham, Arizona State, still coaching the bowl game? Is, is that still true as far as you know? Oh, wow. Uh, I, 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 I don't know. I thought, he, I thought he would have had his bag packing and uh, looking for his next job, but I guess I guess that could be true. I mean, this guy was considered like a coaching savant at one point, you know, maybe even two years ago. And it was a pretty swift fall for that program. And of course they go out and hire one of the most intelligent commentators on ESPN as the next coach, which is uh, being a little sarcastic there. Yeah. That's a, um, uh, that's, that's been an interesting start. It's a little bit of, it's a little bit of an interesting choice, you know, for, uh, for a program that, you know, has, 
intentions of being great. Yeah, I was uh, surprised to see that, but yeah, I don't, I just don't know how you could do it. I, I, I would be shocked if it, if it happens and he's still standing on the sidelines. But I guess that's something we'll we'll look out for as well. So, uh, kind of on yeah. the coaching thing, you said that over the long term, interim versus non-interim doesn't really have that big of an effect. What about something right. like uh, do you look at coaches who have great bowl game records, like a Kyle Woodingham or uh, Urban Meyer? You know, guys who are historically win their bowl games, is that something that, you know, is a coaching thing or you think it's more just a product of Urban Meyer is always going to probably have one of the more talented teams out there? Yeah. um, You know, I think you're always going to be caught in small sample size. I mean, I think in college football in general, it's a small sample size. We have 13, 14 games most for a team during a season. That's like really evaluating college basketball team right now, right? Right. it's hard to say. You always have that effect in bowl games. The sample gets even smaller. Um, but, you know, I'm, I'm not going to lie to you. Like, I think, like, when we talk about Nick Saban and giving him a month to prepare for a team, like, mm-hmm. I like that. Yep. Uh, I know you were talking a little bit about, you know, the motivation, and they obviously had two stinkers there that you mentioned. But, um, you know, I mean, I definitely think about that. Uh, and actually, we'd love to talk about this, this excuse me, this Alabama game because I think it's uh, – it's a really interesting thing in terms of markets and spreads and, and just kind of the uncertainty in which we rank these teams and we make these predictions from a quantitative perspective. Um, you know, I mean, I think Alabama closed as a six-point favorite against Clemson last year. Uh, Alabama, I mean, this team, I mean, you know, I, I, I don't follow the team as much as closely as you guys, but I feel like this is a pretty similar team to last year. Uh, you got Hurts there. The defense is still pretty amazing. Uh, and I think the big difference is that this Alabama team didn't get 15 non-offensive touchdowns like they did last year. Right. I kind of wrote it, you know, preseason about how there was a little bit of good fortune in that. Um, you know, and, and Alabama didn't really pull away from the, the decent teams on their schedule, the LSUs and the, the Mississippi States of, of the world. But on the other side of the ball, you got Clemson. Uh, obviously, same great defense, but they lost a generational quarterback in Deshaun Watson. And right now, they're sitting at like a two and a half, three point favorite in this game. Um, so, you know, it feels to me like there's an uncertainty of like three points and how we're, we're we're judging these games, and we really have to be kind of mindful of just the variance involved in, in making these predictions. And then I also would like to point out, like at one point, Alabama was better than even odds to win the college football championship. Yeah. This was clearly this was clearly before the the Auburn loss, but like how have we swung from there to you know not even a, a field goal favor against Clemson? Yeah, um, after or, I mean they opened as like a one point favor, right? Yeah, I think it. So yeah. I mean that's a pretty big swing in opinion. Yeah, it was after like that you know Vanderbilt and then Ole Miss game back to back. You know that was the whole question: is this Saban's best team in Alabama? And then now it's well, should they right? You know, can they beat Clemson? But, but I, yeah, but I feel like, you know, the better than even odds to win the college football championship was, like, even later in the season, I would say, you know, maybe even the week before the uh, the Auburn game. Yeah, it um, might have been. I, I remember that, looking at that and thinking, thinking that was a little crazy. Yeah, things dropped a little bit, I think, after that Mississippi State game just because you could really tell the injuries were starting to pile up. But, yeah, that's the thing that a lot of right. people don't, Remember, like last year, yeah, every game it was. I mean, I think it was all but one game they had a a defensive touchdown. And I mean, 
yeah. I don't know that that's ever happened in college football before, and it was remarkable to see. And it's you know obviously hasn't carried over to this year. So what's uh you kind of mentioned on that game? Do you have have you had a chance to dive into the Oklahoma Georgia game at all? Yeah, you know I think this is um, you know Georgia's a really fascinating team, uh, a very public team this year because they have really surged compared to preseason expectations. The defense is uh, elite, uh, at least seems elite. Uh, minus the one performance against Auburn. Uh, but on the other side of the ball, like I really see the most explosive and efficient offense that we've seen in college football over the last five years. Oklahoma, Baker Mayfield, and yeah, basically Baker Mayfield, a great offensive line and a bunch of skill players that are just getting it done. And, uh, you know, my, you know the, the market's favorite Georgia. I would definitely lean Oklahoma. My numbers actually favor Oklahoma in that game. And it's really the strength of that offense. Um, just, you know, what they did to like a top five defense like Ohio State uh, really kind of shows through my numbers. And, and I think Oklahoma can get it done with the power of that offense. Okay, gotcha. So we'll get you out of here on this. College basketball tipped off a few weeks ago. Have you, have you noticed anything? Who's the favorite in your eyes right now leading up to, uh, to March? Yeah, you know, it's uh, you know, it's not something I've dug into numbers-wise yet, um, but I think, you know, it's not going to be Arizona State, <laughs> who's, you know, sitting at number three in the AP poll right now. Um, I, you know, I think uh, I've, I've seen Duke play. I think they're legit. Uh, I think Michigan State is – I think as soon as Miles Bridges came back last year, I thought they were a legit national contender. Um, and that's coming from a guy from Ann Arbor. So, uh, I, I think they're really good. Yeah. Um, but – you know, with college basketball, I think what, you know, we kind of watch these teams at this point of the year to see what their potential is. And then we watch them again in February to see whether they're living up to that potential. Um, you know, Duke had a ton of potential last year, too. Just really didn't live up to it. Um, they seem even better this year, but it's also another one of these teams where it's really good on offense because, you know, Coach K is getting these one and done. But they're also, like, 67th in defensive efficiency, which is kind of a signature of those, like, disappointing Duke teams as well. So definitely something I'm keeping an eye on. And, uh, you know, it could potentially be a lot more open than in, than in past years. Okay. All right. We appreciate you joining us. Y'all go check them out. Uh, ThePowerRank.com on Twitter, at ThePowerRank. Um, Ed Fang, thanks so much again for joining us. Hey, man. Always a good time jumping on your pod, man. I appreciate you having me on. Absolutely. All right. Again, our thanks to Ed Fang from thepowerrank.com for joining us. Check out check him out on Twitter. Check out the site, thepowerrank.com. It's really good stuff. Um, but like I hit on, we have the bowl games this week, the second round, I guess you could say. We're starting up the Bahamas Bowl, Friday around noon kickoff. We got UAB plus six and a half against Ohio. Uh, if you know anything about UAB, I'm not a big fan of theirs uh, just because I've faded them a lot this year and they've covered almost every single time. Uh, Boom, what's your what's your take on this game? Well, I'm a big matching guy. I've been watching it all year. I uh, don't think I've missed a single matching game. That being said, UAB, hell of a uh, hell of a season. Um, looks like they're good to keep their coach another year. I know that uh, they're probably going to be playing with a little bit of heart. They This means something to them. I mean, it's pretty incredible they were able to make a bowl this year. Right. Uh, if we, if you listen to the first podcast, I think we gave out the uh, over on the win totals for UAB. But uh, I like UAB in this spot. Playing in, in the Bahamas Bowl, I mean, there are going to be nothing but locals there watching the game. They don't really give a shit. So 
I think UAB wants to win this one a little bit more, getting seven. Take accounts on UAB, which I don't really like a whole lot, but it's not, not too heavy. So I'm, I'm going to go ahead and grab the seven when I can. It looks like it's probably going to go down to six and a half before game time. Yeah, it's actually at six and a half now is what we're showing. Um, but, yeah, the ticket count is on UAB. I don't know how much of that is public you know, sentiment or if that's just – I don't know. Um I'm gonna this keep, is not going to be a heavily bet game, though. No, so it's the not. ticket count probably can be thrown out the door because you're right. going to have both, both professionals and squares on this game. Yeah, I'm probably going to fade UAB one last time. <clears throat> Give me one more opportunity to fade them this year. Uh, Ohio minus six and a half this first game. Next up, we've got the famous Idaho Potato Bowl. Central Michigan plus three versus Iowa. Uh, we kind of hit on this a little bit with Ed uh, earlier in the interview. Just, yeah, Josh Allen, Wyoming, not very good. I mean, he's good, but please don't take him in the first round if you're an NFL GM. He, I, I, don't, I don't get it. Uh, what's your take on this game? Yeah, I mean, once again, action. I, uh, I've patted the bankroll a little bit with Central Michigan this year. Love the directional Michigan, Michigan schools, especially in bowl games. Josh Allen is playing, which was kind of a surprise. But, I mean, I – I'm not discrediting him. I think he's I think he's pretty good. I can't believe he's playing in this game. But uh regardless, I think you're getting three and a half with Central Michigan. Uh, this one or has it gone down? Three. Yeah, I mean I think you gotta take the points right here. Kind of a little bit of a weird line that got put out there at uh at a pick'em, but I think that they were baking in that Josh Allen wasn't gonna play and for whatever reason he is. So go ahead and take the points. Obviously Vegas sees value in it. Yeah, the only thing that I can think of with this with Josh Allen playing is that a lot of people do kind of have a sour taste in their mouth. They've been on TV, national television, obviously that first game against Iowa, he was awful. Uh, they've been on once or twice since then. I've watched him play, and he's he's just not – he hasn't been very good to me. He was good at the end of last year, and I kind of bought into the hype a little bit. So maybe this is one of those situations where – he thinks he's going to play, come out, and just light the world on fire. I, I'm going to side with him, I guess. Just minus three, it's not that much. Ticket count's not not heavily favored on either side. Give me Wyoming minus three. Just, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see if he can pull off something because he, he's got to have some kind of motivation to play and I think maybe showing the world that he is uh, capable of being a, t- a first-round pick is that. Next up. The Birmingham Bowl, baby. Uh, the hometown Birmingham Bowl right here. Birmingham, Alabama. I uh, don't really know why this bowl exists or who goes to these games, but they do have a sweet trophy this year. Uh, South Florida going back for the second year in a row. Uh, Three-point favorites over Texas Tech. Uh, Boone, what's your uh, take on this? This is one of my favorite games of, uh, of this round of bowl games. I'm going to be on it for sure. The uh, the public has ran the um, the lineup to three now. Minus South Florida, that is strictly because they probably watched the South Florida UCF game and uh, saw the firepower. They love flowers, but I'm going to be a Cliff Kingsbury supporter in this game. Cliff Kingsbury has Charlie Strong's number. Um, I believe he is two and zero against him when he was at Texas. And I think that Texas Tech wants to wants to win this one. They want to finish the season strong. They 
had a good win against Texas uh, to end up the regular season. South Florida doesn't want to be in Birmingham playing this bowl. I can't say that Texas Tech really does either, but they definitely have the firepower to hang with them, and I'm getting the point, so I'll go ahead and take that. Yep, fading you here. I don't see much value, or I don't see much motivation from either side here. Um, like you said, Texas Tech, South Florida, they got better things to do than playing this game. But South Florida's a good – like, they were a good team. That that South Central Florida game was the only game they played. I mean, they were 10-2 and two on the year. I think they lost to Houston, and then they barely lost to Central Florida there at the end. Um, Charlie Strong is a hell of a coach, especially at this kind of level. The Texas thing obviously didn't work out. But I'm excited to see what he can do here. He gets to recruit some of his guys. State of Florida, Quentin Flowers is going to show out. I think this is his last game. Um yeah, give me give me uh, South Florida minus three. I know the public's all over, but public's hit so far a little bit in this uh, bowl season. I'll, I'll, I'll say, I, just, I mean, Cliff Kingsbury's so damn hot right now. So well, he's always hot, man. That's I mean, not, that's yeah, not that's, just a right now situation, man. That's all. That guy's always hot. Um, I'm still taking South Florida here. Next up, the Lockheed Martin Armed Forces Bowl, Army plus six and a half versus San Diego State. Uh, what's your take here? Yeah, I, uh, I'm pretty shocked that the ticket count is so high on San Diego State. <clears throat> I would have thought that uh, the public would have been just all about Army after after the big win against Navy. So, kind of surprised by that. Um, that being said, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with San Diego State here. I think that they're the better team. Basically, that's all it comes down to. Army did great, but Army had a lot of emotion in that game with Navy. Uh, that, with the way games have been going so far, I could see this one potentially becoming a route. San Diego State's played against a lot of option teams so far with success this year, so not going to be surprised, not going to be caught off guard. I, I'll, I'll go ahead and use the six and a half and take San Diego State. Yeah, this kind of goes against a lot of the things I preach during bowl season. I usually try to fade gimmicky offenses that you can prepare for, like a triple option type deal. But I'm going to go with Army here. I think that that motivation's not going to be an issue for them. And San Diego State, sure, you know, it's a good bowl game for them, I guess. But they're a team that really did kind of maybe have aspirations of that group of five bid in the power five or in like a, the New Year six game. So, I think the Army, I mean, feel good story. Ten, I mean, they won 10 games this year, beat some decent teams. Uh, give me the points in this. I'll probably buy the hook just to get it to seven um, because I know. Rashad Penny's playing in the game, right? He is. But it's yeah. this is one of those I know 90% of bowl games to me is motivation, who really wants to be there. And I know you're not going to have that issue with Army. And I'm getting points to do that with, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to roll with them here at seven. With Army. You also got to look at Rashad Penny. I mean, he, he is a senior running back that's going to definitely be working to play. This is his last effort to uh, try to get paid. So there's definitely motivation on his part. Maybe not on the entire team, but if he's a leader of the team, he'll definitely make sure they come to play. Okay. Well, we'll see. I still think uh, Army rolls here in this one. Next up, it's the Dollar General Bowl. It exists. Still don't know how Dollar General's getting enough money up to uh, 
To sponsor a bowl game, but they are. It's Appalachian State plus seven versus Toledo. Uh, Jason Candle and this Toledo Rockets in this one. And I'm rolling with Toledo. Minus seven, taking another favorite. Don't love it, but I do love Toledo in this spot. Toledo's out here signing fucking four-star quarterbacks. Like, what's going on? They had a four-star signee yesterday um, at Toledo. So, obviously, this coach knows what the hell he's doing. Their last coach is killing things over at Iowa State and Ames. Um, I think that uh, Toledo might be a program. Their Jason Candle might be one of those dudes. He gets one of these Power 5 jobs in the next year or two. So, uh, give me Toledo, minus seven in this one, Boone. Yep, I'm all about the uh, action once again. I think they're going to have a, a good bowl season this year. Uh, Toledo <laughs> definitely has underperformed from where everyone thought they they were going to be at the beginning of the year. You mentioned maybe they're another one of these top group of five teams that'd be playing a little bit better bowl. Maybe, uh, maybe be playing in that UCF spot. Uh, Logan Woodside, hell of a year. I think that he airs this one out pretty much the entire time. He's going to be padding stats. App State basically only has a solid linebacking core and solid running backs. I don't think they can keep up offensively with. Uh, with Toledo and App State's major defensive strength is going to be pretty much useless against the air attack from Toledo. Yep, Toledo rolls in this one. Uh, next up, <clears throat> well, actually, we got we got the Hawaii Bowl coming up in a minute. Before we get to that, I just want to remind all you good people about mybookie.ag. You know, holidays are coming up. Christmas is this weekend. Uh, you got to have holiday cash. You know where to get it. And mybookie.ag is the place to get it. Um, serious cash, sports predictions. Um, you know, plenty of parties, gifts, spending, lots of football, basketball, hockey. Score big on every day. Man up, play like the pros on game day. Play the money line, the side, a total. MyBookie is your hookup for all your betting needs. Super fast payouts when you win. Uh, I mean, we always tell you where you bet is just as important as who you're betting on. We love mybookie.ag. And you know the promo code by now, my friends. All caps, deep fried, 50% deposit bonus when you sign up, mybookie.ag. It's legit. You'll love them. Go check them out. But like I said, we've got the Hawaii Bowl coming up. we got Houston, minus two in the hook versus Fresno State. Um, Sheridan, I guess, has dropped their sponsorship of this. Uh, but, you know, not everything, not all good things last forever, my friends. Uh, Boomer, who you got here? Yeah, love uh, love the uh, Bulldogs, Fresno State in this spot. They're already on the West Coast. Not going to be uh, too out of character to play in this bowl. Oh, I like um, that. They have uh, they've they've been pretty steady throughout the year. Had a tough close loss against a, a decent Boise State team to close out the season. Houston, I feel, has been somehow a little bit overrated kind of throughout the year on a week-to-week basis, just kind of squeezing past some mediocre teams, not really the best at uh, making people money on the uh, on the spread spread side of things. So I'm going to roll with Fresno State. I think they get the outright win in this yeah, game. Yeah, I'm with Fresno here as well. I think they win too. I like what you said, uh, already on the West Coast. I hadn't even thought about that. And that is, I mean, that's a big deal, something like this. Yeah, you hit on the Fresno-Boise game. You know, they actually beat Boise the week before that to force that game and then lost the rematch. But I think that Houston, I, I think it's, it, it's very apparent that they did not make the right hire in Major Applewhite. Um, 
you know, they apparently Lane Kiffin was all but wrapped up, and then their president or board of regents kind of freaked out at the last second. It looks like that might have been a little bit better hire, but you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. Uh, they're just not where they were as a, a year ago. Obviously, lost uh, lost some talent, but losing Tom Herman was a big deal as well. I don't think that they're ready to go out and beat a Fresno State team who is, is pretty good. I think this might actually be a pretty entertaining game, though. But I'm going to take Fresno State. I'm going to take the points. I'm with you. I think they get the outright win. Uh, next up, we got the Zaxby's Heart of Dallas Bowl. I actually had Zaxby's for dinner tonight. Always a phenomenal choice. Uh, we got the Heart of Dallas Bowl. Utah minus six and a hook versus West Virginia. Boom, go. Yep. I, uh, I absolutely love uh, Utah in this spot, mainly because Will Greer is not playing which is where that line's coming from. Um, I think if he was playing, you're seeing something definitely closer to three, maybe even two and a half. But I think Utah's defense is solid. West Virginia has a knack for getting blown out. Um, I think they just want this season to be over with. And uh, I believe Utah's current coach is 10-1 in bowl games. So... Take it, take it for whatever it's worth, but uh, the man takes every game like it's a damn championship game yep. in I'm the offseason. I'm glad you hit on that because that's what I was going to bring up. Kyle Winningham is a, has a 91% winning percentage in bowl games. Um, I have been all over West Virginia all year. Um, I, I don't, I can't recall me fading them at all all year, but I'm fading them here first time for everything. Will Greer, I'm a big Will Greer guy, and I just can't get that image of his fingers sticking completely sideways out of my head. Uh, he'll be back next year, and this will be a team that I will absolutely be all over again to start the year off. Um, this this might be a team that I, you know, obviously looking ahead towards next year, have some Big Ten title aspirations on, but they're not our Big Twelve. They're not there yet. They're not going to be there <clears throat> against Utah. I think the Utes' role in this one, Whittingham, I mean, I mean, you can say small sample size, whatever you want, but at some point there's there's some substance there when you're winning that many of your bowl games. All he's got to do is win by a touchdown to cover. I, I'll take it. Minus six and a half Utes. Uh, next up, uh, we got the Quick Lane Bowl. I'm not sure if this is a bowling bowl or like a tire store bowl. not really sure what Quick Lane is. But they're featuring Northern Illinois versus Duke, uh, one of these bowl games that like just you know doesn't really jump off the paper. Uh, not very much to get excited about here. Maybe there's some money to be made. Is there any room? Oh yeah, definitely. I am uh, once again going with the MAC team. So clearly, if uh, the MAC is weaker than I thought it has been the entire year, then I will be out in the uh, on the red side of things at the end of the year. But that being said, Northern Illinois, powerful running game. They have kept it close with pretty good teams like San Diego State and Boston College throughout the year. They don't really get blown out. Jordan Huff is one of the better running backs in the uh, in the nation that doesn't really get talked about. Um, getting two and a half in this – or actually, no, it's gone up to five and a half. Yeah, five and a half. Didn't realize that. Wow. Yeah, I mean, getting five and a half, I think this is definitely a field goal game that Northern Illinois will miss at the end of the game, okay. but still a field goal game all the same. I am not a supporter of Duke. I think that they have uh, – the ball's bounced their way a couple of times this year. Yeah, they had to win out. They were – I think they were three and six at one point, had to win out <clears throat> to go bowling. David Cutcliffe is a good coach, but 
he's a little bit overrated as a coach just because he coached Peyton Manning at some point. But me or you could have coached Peyton Manning and he still would have turned out the same way he did. Um, he's still riding those coattails 27 years later, which is remarkable. Uh, Northern Illinois, this is a typical one of those games where, like you were, you were saying the spread was two and a half somewhere in there. I mean, that's going to be moved around simply because Duke is a power name and Northern Illinois isn't. Um, so you're getting value there. I think this game should be about three, three and a half. You're getting two points of extra value in my opinion, so I'm going to take it. Um, Northern Illinois plus five and a half. I think they do it outright. Um, you think they miss a field goal at the end to, win, to lose. But I'm going to take Northern Illinois to take home the, uh, the quick lane bowl. Next up, we're headed out to Arizona, and we got the Cactus Bowl. We got Kansas State minus two versus UCLA. Is your boy Brozen playing in this? Yeah, more than likely. I don't know why he would, because all he's going to do is hurt his value if he does play. Yeah, I mean, he uh, hasn't declared yet, has he? Uh, no, but... Um, I mean, this is one of those, yeah, like, I get the... I mean. Everybody crucified Fournette and uh, McCaffrey last year for sitting out their bowl games, but obviously it worked out all right for him. There's no use in Josh Rosen playing in the Cactus Bowl against Kansas State, against Bill Snyder, who's gonna, you know is going to scheme everything he can to make him look bad. Um, so I don't get it. Who, who are you taking here? Uh, well, I don't mean – I don't really have a, have a side in this one. I mean, it says Rosen is going to play. So, with that being said, I mean, just the line it makes no sense. If I have to give a pick, I will not be playing this game. But if I had to give a pick, uh, I would take Kansas State. But I, that is just a total coin flip right there. Yeah, I took Kansas State, marked them down, just because you really don't know what UCLA is going to show up. I mean, you can have a motivated UCLA team, happy that they finally got rid of Mora, excited to start the Chip Kelly era. Or you could have a team with, like, Rosen. He might play, but he, he's not going to be that interested. And Snyder is going to game plan against him. Um, I don't know. I mean, I don't love that the public's all over Kansas State, but I'll take him. I'll take Bill Snyder over whoever the hell UCLA's coach is in this game. Uh, next on, Next up, I should say, the Independence Bowl – out in uh, Shreveport, Louisiana, our boys Walk-Ons are sponsoring this one. Uh, Walk-Ons is a pretty sweet sports bar. Sponsoring the Independence Bowl out in Shreveport. We got Southern Miss plus 16.5 versus Florida State. And Florida State, a very, very interesting little tidbit came out on them today. So, you know, 36 bowl games in a row. But apparently they aren't technically bowl eligible. So... You can have one win against a division or a non-division one team uh, on your schedule that counts towards your bowl eligibility, but only one. And they have to have 90% of the players have to be on scholarship. Well, apparently somebody found out on Reddit College Football today that they don't meet that criteria. Delaware State doesn't have 90% of their players as scholarship players. Um they just found this out today. NCAA's confirmed, yeah, Florida State's actually not eligible for this game, but it's a week out, so they're going to get to play in it. Um, but either way, that's crazy shit in that game. I don't know how the hell the NCAA messed that up, but it's the NCAA, so I guess I do. Florida State minus 16 and a half. Boom, what's your take? Well, considering that the NCAA does not count this as an actual game, then I'm not going to either. And uh, 
to have zero side on this game. Okay. I'm going to take Florida State. Uh, their boy Lions or whatever, they, they coached the, um, the, the game against Southern Miss. Something we kind of hit on. He like It's been his lifelong goal to coach Florida State. And he got that chance. And I think he's going to get one more chance here before the Willie Taggart era begins. And the, co- the players obviously love him. They went out and covered the spread against Southern Miss. I think they'll do – or against – who was it? Louisiana Monroe. Sorry, that was their last game of the year. Um, so, I think it'll be a similar thing. They'll, they'll want to play for this guy. He'll get them motivated. And then the Willie Taggart era officially can begin. Minus 16 and a half. If this game would have been the first game of the year, it would have been like a – 35-point spread. Obviously, these teams are completely different, but I'm going to take Florida State, minus 16.5. Uh, no pick for you on, on this, Boom. Uh, next up, New Era Pinstripe Bowl, Boston College, plus 2.5 versus Iowa. Again, nothing about this matchup intrigues me. Why the hell would I want to watch Boston College versus Iowa play? They're exactly the same team unless Iowa puts on black uniforms and plays against Ohio State and beats them by – 31 points. Uh, give me Iowa, I guess, just because they did beat Ohio State that bad. Boston College, I don't know. I don't care. Iowa minus two and a hook. Boom. I absolutely love Boston College. This is one of my uh, top three favorite picks this weekend coming up. Can, can I hear Boston College playing on pretty much their own turf. They finished the year strong. They came out of nowhere. Pretty much were not expecting to even – playing a bowl game uh, against an Iowa team who had their big win. Iowa is feeling disrespected, I'm sure. They don't want to go to New Jersey to go play a bowl game. This means absolutely nothing to them. And I kind of go take this game back to the uh, Boston College-NC State game a couple of weeks, I guess, about a month and a half ago. For an NC State plays almost the exact same way that Iowa does both sides of the ball, but NC State's got a little bit better defense. Um, I think Anthony Brown had a pretty good year. I think that uh, Boston College, they they can go ahead and close this one up, finish the year out strong, and get ready for next year. Definitely uh, definitely love getting the, uh, I think, I'm seeing three, but yeah. that might have gone down to two and a half. So, yeah, you, either you way, I, I think you're, you're definitely it'd be it'd be nice to have a field goal back in you, but I mean, either way, I think Boston College is there. Right. I'm going to fade well. you just for the sake of fade. You have no no uh, lean on this game. Next up, Foster Farms Bowl, Purdue plus three in the hook versus Arizona. What's your pick? Yep, love uh, Purdue right here. Also, this is. Uh, one of my top picks this weekend. Purdue's defense done very well this year. They uh, they kind of they got through the schedule. I mean, didn't come out clean, but they they've definitely played some teams. Arizona peaked way too early. They I, I think very overvalued going into this game. Put at three and a half, um, but been on the bowler makers pretty much all year. They've uh, won me more than they've lost me, so I'm going to go ahead and ride with them one last time. Yep, I'm with you. I'm taking Purdue here, too. Uh, Arizona looked great when they first unleashed Khalil Tate, and then everybody kind of realized, oh, shit, this dude can't throw, so let's just stack the box and make him beat us with his arm, and he can't do it, and they kind of faltered down the stretch because of it. He's still really talented and fun to watch. He'll break off a couple runs. 
I mean, he's still going to get you 150, maybe 200 yards, but I don't think it's enough if you're loading the box and he, you know he can't beat you with his arm. Purdue's got some time to game plan for that. So, yeah, I'm with you. I like the Boilermakers. Plus three in the hook, giving me the outright win on this one. Next up, the Academy of Outdoors Texas Bowl. Missouri minus two in the hook, going basically on the road to play the Texas Longhorns. Again, Missouri is a two-and-a-half-point favorite against Texas. Boomer. Yeah, I, Missouri's been the weirdest thing with the line-making. People have been backing Missouri. I, they aren't in this game, really. It's basically – even for the most part. Uh, I'm going to back Tom Herman. I think that he just understands the importance of this game. Missouri, really, I mean, it's, it's Missouri. They're not really playing for anything next year. So this might as well just be another game in mid-September for them. But Tom Herman has got a solid recruiting class coming in, trying to build some confidence, trying to get his team rolling into next year. So I'll go ahead and uh, take Texas basically for the uh, – for an outright right win, I, I see this coming back down a little bit before game time. Yeah, I'm with you. If you want to get it right now with some points, I think you got to get it now. When the public realizes that Texas is a three-point dog, they'll probably jump on them a little more than they already have. Uh, I'm with you, though. Texas, Herman. Tom Herman still never not covered the spread as an underdog in his head coaching tenure, which is an absurd stat because he's his third year as a head coach. And he's covered the spread every single time as an underdog. So, yeah, I I like them to get the outright win. Missouri, Drew Locke's really good. He'll uh, he'll play on Sundays. But he's probably the only player. On, they'll probably have one or two defenders that will play on Sundays. Texas has several guys that will. And, yeah, I'm with you. Uh, bowl games for a guy like Herman in his first year, this is a springboard for next year. And they didn't do what they wanted to do this year at six and six, or maybe it was seven five. I think it was six and six, though. They didn't do what they wanted to do. Springboard toward next year, and uh, I'm with you. Texas gets the big win here in the Texas Bowl, basically playing at home. Next up, the military military bowl presented by Northrop Grumman, uh, Virginia plus one versus Navy. Navy, a one point favorite. I'll take Navy just because it is the military bowl. They'll be up for it again, kind of like I hit on with Army. Motivation is a big deal in bowl games. You don't have to worry about it with service academies. You know they're going to get up for the game. They're going to want to be there. So I'm going to take Navy minus one of them. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and take the Cavaliers because it's the military uh, armed forces bowl. Oh, okay. So, um, I mean, Virginia, they played against uh, option offenses this year, had some success against uh, the Georgia Tech team that I feel is better than Navy and running the option, Bronco Mendenhall, I mean, came from BYU where they only played option teams every week, basically. So, I mean, I'm getting a little bit of points right here. I mean, the line hopped over the uh, picket fence there at zero and swung over to Navy minus one and a half. So, I want to go ahead and take a little bit of value where I see it on Virginia and get that right win. All right, next up we have the other Virginia team. We have the Camping World Bowl, Virginia Tech, plus four versus Oklahoma State. Uh, Mason Rudolph, James Washington, their final game. I love, love, love Oklahoma State. Have loved them all year, but I'm fading them here. Fuente, really good coach. Gundy's a great coach too, but um, I think plus four, Virginia Tech, they'll look for some, some springboard material into next year. <clears throat> they have a better chance to compete next year. 
This was Ohio, Oklahoma State's best chance to do something big. You know, uh, Washington and Rudolph will both leave for the NFL after this year. So they know they're kind of having to start over again next year, whereas Virginia Tech, I think they started a freshman quarterback. He'll, he'll be back. Uh, a lot of young guys on that team as Fuente really gets this thing rolling. Give me the four here, hopefully, for the outright win, Virginia Tech. And boom. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm going to fade the public on this one also. I'm going to take – 80%, right? Yeah, I'm going to take the Hokies. I mean, the Hokies' defense is probably going to be the best defense that Oklahoma State's seen all year. Um, don't really have a, a great side or feel for the game, but I do think that uh, the, the line's done some weird stuff. Some big money's come in on it uh, at six, pretty much to bring it down to four. That That's kind of come out of nowhere. That That's pretty recent, so... I think somebody or a couple of people know something that everybody else doesn't. So I'm going to ride with the, uh, the Hokies on this one. All right. Next up, we got the Holiday Bowl that is way too long for a sponsorship plug here. Uh, Washington State minus one versus Michigan State. Uh, this is in San Diego, so traveling shouldn't be an issue for Washington State, whereas it might be for Michigan State. Boomer, what's your take? Yeah, I'm going with Mike Leach on this one. I think he's crazy enough to think that he's actually playing in the national championship on Saturday night. So, go ahead and, uh, you know, I'll eat the one point, basically a pick on. I'll take uh, Wazoo. Yep, I'm with you here, too. Uh, basically, this is a fade the public situation for me. Public's all over Michigan State. Uh, yeah, Leach, yeah, he's the kind of guy that can get these guys motivated. Michigan State was playing in the college football playoff two years ago. Washington State uh, was not. So, yeah, give me Washington State to get the win here. Luke Falk should play in this one, maybe uh, get himself positioned for a second, third-round pick in the NFL draft after a big game. So, yep, uh, Washington State. And finally, to close out this round of bowl games, it's the Valero Alamo Bowl. It's Stanford plus two in the hook versus TCU. And, Boomer, who are you taking? Yeah, I mean, Bryce Love is not going to play in this game with the amount of heart and effort that he has, at least in the Pac-12 championship. He's pretty much the only shot to keep it close. I think Gary Patterson can get the team ready. It's not where they wanted to be or where they thought they'd be back in September. But uh, SETCU, they're pretty balanced on all sides. Two and a half. I'll go ahead and swallow the two and a half. I think they get it's a touchdown win. Okay. I'm uh, fading you here. I think Stanford gets the outright win. Uh, David Shaw is a guy who he's going to have people ready to go. And I keep hitting on it. I keep hitting on it. But it's a major player in this game. Uh, TCU has been pretty good all year. Kenny Hill kind of faltered against Oklahoma through a couple picks in that game. Didn't look great. But that's kind of a redemption story. It's going to be cool to see him finish out his college career after starting at Texas A&M, starting hot and everything, kind of coming back down to earth. So that'll be a cool storyline to watch play out. But at the same time, I still think Stanford, you're getting value here. They're um, they're traveling. I mean, it's in Texas, so it'll kind of be a little bit of a road game. But their their crew will travel out there with them for the most part. And I think that they, uh, they'll get the outright win. So give me Stanford plus two in the hook. Next up. We've got some NFL. We've got uh, week 16 of the NFL season. We're kind of getting to the point where some teams have wrapped up playoff positions. Some teams haven't. 
Uh, obviously, a lot of meaningless games this weekend, so it's really hard to handicap that action because you don't really know who's going to be up for the game, that kind of thing. So, basically, since we hammered through like 18 college football games, we're just going to get one NFL game. Boom, what's your NFL game this week? Yeah, I'm uh, playing an NFL game strictly off of value, value in prisoner of the moment, and I am taking the Seattle Seahawks plus five. I think I had that bet locked in about halfway through the game last weekend after they were getting their ass beat. They got too much pride and respect. They've got too many personalities on that team that are going to get rally around each other. Dallas, a little bit overvalued winning against the Raiders. I mean, they're getting Ezekiel Elliott back, hasn't played in six games, six weeks. Who knows if he's in game shape? He might be, but I think uh, I think five is way too much. Definitely getting a lot of value on the Seahawks. Yeah, the like Seahawks it. didn't get blown out last week. It'd be week. a three-point game, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, for sure, three-point game. Yeah, so. I, like, I like that pick. And yeah, one thing with Elliott, you kind of mentioned not in game shape. Uh, he wasn't anywhere near game shape when he showed up the first of the year after he thought he was going to be suspended for six games. So. Yeah, I think that's a good pick. Uh, my favorite pick, though, Falcons plus six on the road in uh, New Orleans. They still have uh, aspirations to win the division. They didn't look great on Monday night. It kind of could have been a look-ahead spot. Um, they've got – I mean, if they went out, they win the division, and that's a big deal. They're playing on the road. New Orleans is – I mean, they're good. I don't think they're invincible. New York showed it. I mean, the Jets hung with them last week. So I'll take uh, I'll take the Falcons plus six on the road with a little bit to play for in this one as my NFL game, but we can't let you out of here without hearing our boy. We're bringing him in. It's the Stone Cold Steve Austin lock of the week. All right, Ben. All right, who is it? who's the Stone Cold Steve Austin lock of the week? Well, I'm circling back to that same game that I just talked about uh, last weekend, and I am taking the Tennessee Titans plus seven against the L.A. Rams. I think think you get a little bit of value there. A lot of people don't know this, but the Titans still have a chance to win their division. Um, They lost to a bad team last week, and – Everybody's freaking out. Everybody's kind of making a rash decision. This, this game is being played in Tennessee. So Rams have to come to the East Coast after Ty Gurley's probably exhausted from running all over the damn Seahawks last weekend. I think this is going to be a close game, and the only thing I can tell you is because it's football. So. That, okay. That's that's pretty much that's pretty much it. But uh, I think I think that you're definitely definitely getting a winner in that one. Titans plus seven. Yeah, I don't know if I get back to Titans anymore. I'm uh, going back to the college ranks. It's a game I told you I didn't really have much of a side on. It's the Cactus Bowl. It's Kansas State minus two versus UCLA. But I'm taking the under of sixty three and a half. I've said you don't know what team you're going to get with UCLA, and you don't know. If Josh Rosen's going to be fully active, ready to go for this one. But there's one thing I do know. Bill Snyder will be ready, and they're going to control the tempo of this game. UCLA might win. They might cover the spread. 
But I don't think 63 points are going to be scored in this game. Under 63.5 on this all day in the Cactus Bowl between Kansas State and UCLA. That's my Stone Cold Steve Austin lock of the week. Well, folks, we appreciate yeah, that's, some, that's some good stuff. I like to I like to sprinkle out the picks. I like people to get a little bit of entertainment value. Right. I mean, that's gonna that's gonna hit it home for us. Well, I'm just saying, you know, I mean, there's a lot of games on Sunday. People are gonna be bored on Sunday trying to give give the people what they want. That's what we have Twitter for at Deep Right Bets on Twitter. We give out NFL picks there. But uh, as always, we appreciate you tuning in. We appreciate Ed Fang for joining us on the Deep Fried Bets podcast. And again. Hit us up on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. We're all over the place. iTunes, subscribe. Give us a good rating. It's Christmas time. Be in the giving spirit. Uh, Happy holidays. Merry Christmas to all of you fine folks out there. Boomer, what are you sending us off with? Yeah, just uh, want people to, you know, light a couple of candles up this holiday season and uh, gamble a little bit, you know. Just uh, kick back, relax, keep the shoes off, and treat yourself. You know, it is the holidays, and uh, you should have some me time. time. What better way to do that than uh, to pad the old bank account and give yourself a little personal bonus at the end of December? That's right. Fatten up your wad right here at Christmas time. All right, we appreciate you tuning in. We'll catch you next week. All right.